morning. This is Bible Talk with Jane and Shannon. I am still Jane. And I'm Shannon. That is great. Good <laughs> that I'm not Shannon and oh, Shannon. Heaven help us all. Yes. So today mm-hmm. we're we're wondering: Is your God too small? Yeah, we have a tendency to measure everything in our lives. We measure length and depth and distance and time and and mm-hmm. in doing so. We like to do that because that helps us to understand it. And control it. If someone asked you, you know, like horses we measure in hands, well, how tall is that horse you have for sale? I'd say 15 too. Well, if you know horses, then you know what size the horse you're, you're talking about. Do they Because you can put guess? a picture up and see a picture of something, and that doesn't necessarily tell you the measurements. No. That's why people will put a quarter next to something on eBay mm-hmm. so you see, have a reference. We like to have a reference for size. Mm-hmm. And God does not have anything that can refer to him because he is so much larger than anything else. Well, yeah. And uh, also, I was just thinking, they love to give what a person's net worth is. And I've realized my net worth is probably $6,000. No, but actually, probably less. I don't think we should quantify ourselves in <laughs> those ways I don't think so either because it's silly. So... Um, I have a I have a little measurement thing here. Okay. Um, we have a tendency to try and put these blocks in for God, but the observable universe to humankind right now is four forty six billion light years away. That's with all the science and technology and the Hubble telescope and everything that we have. Forty six billion light years, which. Yes, it's a measurement, but even that's hard to grasp in your right. mind. Mm-hmm. Light years. I don't even know how they measure that stuff. Uh, it's the distance to speed of light. Oh, so yeah. in okay. a year, how far will light travel? Mm. That's why we'll see things. They will, some of the stars we see with our naked eyes, a lot of scientists will say have already burned out. It just took that long for the light to get here. That's amazing. But even that, even though we have that measurement to 46 billion light years, most scientists uh, agree that that's less than 4% of, of the universe. Wow. And it's expanding. And it's expanding. It's getting bigger. It's beyond. And how mm-hmm. do we know it's only it's 4% if we don't know what's beyond yeah, I, don't, I don't know. And I think that a lot of ways, I think that's God. I think God is the same way. We don't have any concept of the true size of God, the true uh, volume of God, the length, the width, the breadth, the time, any of it. I think um, um, one of the common ways that people box God in is that they just see him as a a, a, a lawmaker. I don't know if you're loud enough. You need to be close enough. Oh, I'm pretty loud. I well, think. normally you're pretty loud. But oh, that was okay. Kind of quiet, and I oh. can see that it's much taller now. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I think sometimes we just think he's 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 seeing if we're doing things right or wrong, like a rule breaker or a judge a judge or what do you call it somebody's nitpicking well yes and i think that's because we judge each other we judge ourselves Mm -hmm. and we judge god that that shrinks the size of god too when we start judging god by our standards and our capabilities you know people say well if there if if god was a loving god he would do this or that again that's putting him into our box in other words, if I was God, I would have done it differently. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't because we have, be God. Yeah. Well, but, but we, we, we have, first of all, no concept of what 
what God's plan is in that. But secondly, how egotistical is it for a human, a created being, to mm -hmm. say, well, I'd have done it differently if I was the creator. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, and then in doing so, we diminish who God is. Yes, we diminish him. What's that? You, you mentioned Isaiah 55 in our... No, Isaiah 47. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Isaiah 47, 5. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Hmm. Just these are some words that I think we should be able to, to not quantify God with, but just to, to try and understand a little bit. First of all, infinite. Always was, always is, always will be. Was time before time. Was matter before matter the creator yeah. of the universe and God's perception of time is, is infinite as well. So he doesn't measure it the way we do it because he knows the infinite, infinite uh, nature of time. Um, another word that is used a lot to explain that uh, omnipresent. God is omnipresent. God is always everywhere at all times. Yeah. In him and we that live again, and even have our being. Yeah. And that again is hard for us as humans to grasp because we like to have our time, yeah. our space, isolation. Sometimes we like to isolate ourselves. We, we're yeah. never isolated from God. No, and the funny when you said our time, our space, none of it belongs to us. No, time belongs to God, God and God I, alone. I have a verse here. Um, mm -hmm. This is in Isaiah 40. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness compare with him? This is 18 and 19. An idol, a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts it for silver chains. Uh, he who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot, seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. So I, I bring that up because we make God into the, the kind of God we want him to be, and then we're totally not even worshiping God. We're worshiping an idol of our own making. And I want to, another thing. I've, and, got a, I've got a passage, oh, another verse for you here. Second Chronicles 2, 6. But who's, who is able to build a temple for him since the heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain him? Who then am I to build a temple for him except as a place to burn sacrifices for? <laughs> That's a Solomon talking. And he basically is saying, how can we? Put a place where this is the house of God. This yeah. is we're going to put God in this one place, and and Solomon was the one who was supposed to build the temple. Yeah, after and he did. yeah, you know David got everything, all the raw material. Solomon was going to build it, but he said, "How can I build a temple since nothing can contain him? Mm -hmm. He doesn't stay there. We and can't put him in a place. In the same way, you can't put him in one place in your life and say this is where God is in my life." And this is where God isn't because right. God is everywhere all the time. You know, here's, here's uh, another thing. Uh, this is about the conscience. We all have a conscience in some way, but it's not a reliable guide. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, but I want to read this to you. It says, this is from this book called, or by J.B. Phillips, your God is too small yet to make conscience into God is a highly dangerous thing to do. For one thing, as we shall see in a moment, conscience is by no means an infallible guide. And for another, it is extremely unlikely that we shall ever be moved to worship, love, and serve a nagging inner voice that at worst spoils our pleasure and at best keeps us rather negatively on the path of virtue. And then he brings up a, how it can be uh, distorted. In Nazi Germany, of course, 
Propaganda as a weapon to pervert the moral sense became a fine art. It soon seemed, for example, a positive duty to hate the Jews, and a good Nazi would doubtless have suffered pangs of conscience if he'd been kind to one of the despised race. So obviously that was completely wrong, but we can be conditioned to think anything's right or wrong uh-huh. if we're just going by what's in our head. That's uh, why we have to be we rooted go, in God. If we go by mankind, yeah. Yeah. Another thing, um, God is omnipotent. Matthew mm. 19, all things are possible with God. Nothing is beyond God's control, God's power, God's strength. Um, another omni word here is God, God is omniscient. Mm. He knows all things. Oh, yeah. He knows everything. He sees all things. He understands things before we understand them, and he sees them before we see them, and he knows them no matter how hard we try and hide them. Mm-hmm. So he's there. And I think that um, that the verse you said, with God, all things are possible. Yep. Or with God, there's yep. nothing Matthew impossible. Matthew 19. Yep. I think that's one um, in regard to two areas that we limit God, or we have a hard time believing, is in the area of provision and in the area of healing. And we know in our heads and in our hearts, we know that God can provide anything and we know God can heal anyone. And so we, we need to learn to, if we are believers, we need to start relying on God, our provider, knowing he can provide so much more than we can imagine. If we're doing his work, he'll provide everything. And like, there's that one story talked about it one night in Bible studies because it's a little weird, but uh, it was in a time in Jerusalem where everything was, they were being, uh, there was a huge army outside the walls. And so they were down to like nothing inside the the town because the army was keeping everything out. Yeah. There'd been a siege. Yep. And I mean, people were hungry and starving and needed water. They needed everything. And the prophet said, uh, tomorrow you'll you'll have everything. It'll be abundant, and they didn't even believe it. And and then what happened was, in the middle of the night, some lepers who aren't supposed to be around the people went out to the other army, and the army had fled and had left everything. I mean, it was millions of soldiers. So then overnight, everything was provided in right. abundance. I mean, we don't know how God will do, provide, but if we believe, He will provide. If we're, if we're on God's path, he'll provide. Yeah, this interesting website, Faith Life, I was looking at that. Uh-huh. And it says, we serve a God that thinks about our lives, our world, and his creation on a completely different level than even the smartest human has the, cap- the capacity to think. Mm. God is concerned. God is watching. Mm-hmm. God is taking care of things. And we need to rest in that and stop trying to force it. Mm-hmm. By putting, when we try and have God do what we want God to do, mm-hmm. then again, we are boxing him in. Mm-hmm. Because if we say we don't want God to do what we don't want, we're trying to dictate to the creator. Again, the creation is dictating to the creator, and that just doesn't work. That- so I thought this was really interesting. Um, oftentimes, when it comes to God, our question is why. Yeah. Why is something happening? Why is... Why did this happen? Why are we going through this? And instead, um, the passage from a pastor here that said the question should be what? Yes, I've said that before. What's God trying to show me? Yes. What's God trying to reveal to me through this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a that's a very important distinction. 
Yeah. Because if we say why, we're asking God to justify himself. Yeah. But what, if we say yeah. what, we're saying, I recognize who you are. And what can I learn? And I'm trying to think, what what can I do because of what you are? So, yes. Yeah. And also, um, and the other one, the healing thing, is like our son Hawkin. I know God can heal him and will heal him. I just don't know when. And I do wonder sometimes, what's he waiting for? Hawk's going to be 23. and But he has a purpose. And God's timing's perfect. And there's that other thing. Um, he values our free will so much that he almost, I read one guy, and maybe it was this guy, because the second book I've read by J.B. Phillips, is that it's almost, God almost cripples himself in that he will not take someone's free will away because he wants that person to think for him or herself and to come to him freely, come to God freely. Because if, if a person doesn't come to God freely, then that's, that's like making someone love you and you can't do that. Right. You, I mean, that's not love. And in that concept of, of God's provision and those things too, Isaiah 40, 28 says, have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Mm. We do not understand even in part what God knows. So how can we question that? How can we question something that is beyond our comprehension? We're not capable of understanding those things. I, and you know, I, I remember, I mean, when you look at like Moses, and God says, you can't look at me without dying. Mm -hmm. It's too much for the human mind to handle. Mm -hmm. You will not be able to, to handle this. And so God showed him just a glimpse and said his face was glowing. Yeah. And so he had to wear a veil because it scared people because of. Because he's glowing. But it's yeah. one of those things that it's beyond our comprehension because we love to have references. Yeah. There's so many times that you can see the little um, optical illusions and things like that. And you will take a, a prior reference and make something mm -hmm. appear. You will make something happen because it's what you have uh, a memory or a knowledge or an understanding of. And since we cannot grasp the, the, the largeness of God, we instead try to make him small enough for us to understand. Mm -hmm. We put that reference on. Mm. Um, it, you know, I want to say, why is it, why are we even talking about, is your God too small? Because it's so important. You can ask a question if you're not even sure if maybe you're, if your God is, if you're looking at God in a, in a box like way, mm -hmm. ask God, say, God, show me where I'm limiting you in my life mm. or show me, show me the, the concepts I have about you that are wrong. Because sometimes we have concepts of God that are just subconscious. Like we've, if people in authority, maybe we've, we've dealt with people in authority that aren't nice or, you know, that were Fall short. Yes, fall short. And we might have, those might be in us and we don't even realize it. Well, we have a tendency to try and treat God like he's just another person. Yeah, he's not another person. Uh, Job twenty six fourteen. Behold, these are but the outskirts of his ways. And how small a whisper do we hear of him? But the thunder of his power, who can understand? Mm. That's coming from Job. Um, another That's website I found that was really good 
this is coming from honestlythinking.org. Uh-huh. And they gave 13, 13 ways that we have we make God too small. Oh, read them, read them. Um, and I'll read them. We can comment on them as we go. Okay. Number one, you judge God. And we talked about that. We try and make decisions for God mm-hmm. and say, you didn't do that right. Which, how silly is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, but, I would do want to say, mm-hmm. um, sometimes when something does look like, wow, why did God allow this to happen? We cannot see the whole picture. Right. And things happen in this world, bad things. We're in a fallen world. And, and just because we believe in God with all our being doesn't mean we are not going to experience the fallenness. And there are biblical references of God taking his hand off. Yes, that too. Yeah. Of, of God protecting and then God taking his hand mm-hmm. off and said, I'll let you get what you deserve. goes back and forth. Uh, the second one here is uh, we gripe and we complain a lot. Oh, he doesn't. And we complain about this. The reference here is like someone who's getting food from a chef, and they complain about it. They don't. They don't think it's good enough. Quality is good enough. And sometimes we do that, even if we're complaining about ourselves. Oh yes, you know you. We are the created. We are. We are the created product of God. If you don't, why would we complain about that? Yeah, like, well, that's just common. You, You almost expected to complain like not be satisfied with the body god gave you like you don't like the color of your eyes or you don't like the body type you are so you complain like how come i can't be as skinny as so-and-so or oh, as buff yeah, as so-and-so? i can't run as fast or i can't jump as high or whatever um i like this quote the next time you manage to create an entire universe then and only then do you get to decide whether god's work was well done i like that next time you could do what he can do then you can judge um, the third one, uh, we do our own own thing all the time. We obey God sometimes, but then we separate it out and, and, you know, we sin at times thinking that that doesn't matter or that's uh, not going to count. That's got to frustrate God. You know, I think of as uh, as a parent, when you're parenting a child who who is often disobedient, and then every once in a while they're obedient, and then they think they're doing great, but you as a parent know, okay, in the next breath you're just going to, not be obedient and that's not obedience to a parent and that's not obedience to god if we pick and choose when we can be obedient we're basically uh disobedient children well and a lot of times we don't listen to god if he doesn't say what we want him to say we separate ourselves from him and that we we just ignore the holy spirit is pushing you and you just ignore it we pretend we don't hear what yeah. we don't want to hear like like small children sometimes yeah number four you barely give him the time of day God owns all time and space. He owns everything. He operates in every minute of every day. And yet we say, I don't have time for him. Yeah. Or give him like a, I'll give him Sunday morning. Good morning, God. And then go on your way. Why, why do we, why do we limit our exposure to God in doing so? We limit his ability to use us and to speak to us Mm -hmm. and to teach us. And also we limit, we are, we don't have firm roots in God then. You know, like I read this, okay, this is one of the silly things I did. I'm trying to learn about the fashion world. Not that I want to be fashionable, but, but I, it it is a whole nother realm. And and there are legitimate, wonderful things that God does in that world. I mean, there's millions of people work in it. So I, uh, I subscribed to Vogue magazine. I've only gotten one, one magazine. And I just, this morning said, please cancel my subscription Uh, because there was this article in there that said, 
there's not just one kind of family or whatever. There's many kinds of families, which is true, but it depends what you mean by that. And then it had all these beautiful pictures of all these beautiful people, but it was completely contrary to, to God's word. And it was, if I didn't know the word of God, I'd look at all those beautiful people and the beautiful glossy photographs and think, this is so nice. Everyone just loves everyone. Well, and some of that also is, this next one here is you buy into that secular thing. Yeah. It's a myth that there is anything secular. There's nothing Think of it secular. that way. Yeah. It is a myth that there is anything secular because by saying this is, this is God stuff and this is not God stuff, by trying to separate that out, we're saying, God, you, you, you're not big enough to be involved in both. Yeah. And that is a myth. That is a myth that there's anything that God isn't involved in. And it doesn't matter um, what it is. Yeah. And I don't care if it's politics, if it's um, we always legal systems. Yeah. And, you know, it's that whole separation of church and state. And even then, if we go back to the founding fathers, what they meant by that was that the state can't decide religion. But yeah. It doesn't say religion shouldn't be involved in the state. Can I bring a little tangent into that? Oh boy. This, Here we okay. go. Bunny I'm trail, not, bunny trail, bunny yes, trail. Warning. I'm not saying this is Shannon's view. This is just Jane's view. Oh, so boy. if you disagree with me, that's oh, what, I don't care if you disagree with me, go but this it. is what I believe. Okay. So that thing about secular and, and, and holy secular and sacred is what they used to say. Everything right. is sacred. Every, Science is sacred. Everything is from God. So it's all sacred. So uh, I'm not trying to be a woman preacher. I'm very happy with my preacher, who's my husband, and he's an incredible preacher. But this is what I think women can preach because, and women can teach, because those same people who say women are supposed to be silent in churches, and I know the verses, but you got to be, you got to be balanced. There's all sorts of verses that say, men and women, there's no male, female in, in, in Christ. They will send their, their young men into university under a female professor, and they have no problem with her teaching science. So why can't she talk about Jesus? I, so, well, that professor probably wouldn't. But that's my thing. We can't separate. Right. And um, Well, <clears throat> the reason we can is because God doesn't separate. Yeah. So, um. And what about Deborah, the judge? Yeah, anyway, Deborah, the we're, judge. we're off that topic. But yeah. if you want to talk about it more, I'll talk to you. Squirrel. Squirrel. Okay. Woo. All right. So, yeah, the separation of some things as being so-called secular, it's not possible. No. God created the earth that all the government buildings were built on. He has He created the oxygen that's in your lungs and all those kind of things. So there's nothing too. that is not secular. Will you watch that show if Jesus was right there? Jesus is right there. So the sixth thing they mention is you're a perfectionist and a control freak. Oh boy. You don't like unpredictability. Oh, and God is unpredictable. Yes. He's so unpredictable. Right. You can't predict him. Like it said in lion, the witch in the wardrobe. He's not a tame lion. No, he's, this isn't a circus trick. He's not doing it in ways that you want to, you want him to do things. God is very unpredictable and he does wonderful things in very, very unique ways, things that we don't even imagine. And we can look back in our lives now and see some of those things that Maybe. how in the world would God have gotten us to where we are now? Yeah. Look I'm, at all the things that happened. Yeah. I'm thinking of, um, 
I'm thinking of Jesus going into the temple with the whip and whipping the stuff off the tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can't you imagine one of his disciples said, Jesus, is that really the way you need to do it? I mean, or that's, we've never seen him like this before. Yeah, How many times have, have you heard that about something? I've never seen it happen like that before. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this before. And I think the disciples watching Jesus in a time like that would have said, boy, we've never seen this side of him before. Yeah, and, and, or when he was at the, with the woman at the well, the okay. Samaritan woman. Of course, contrary to everything that is um, was culturally relevant at the time, and Jesus was a an aspect of that culture. He grew up in that yeah. culture. He he knew all those things <clears throat> culturally, and they would pray the way that culturally mm-hmm. they were praying, and they would go to the synagogue and they would do all those things, and then all of a sudden he breaks all the rules. Yeah, and I think. It took a while for the disciples to understand that and to grasp that concept. I do want to say, and I don't think they did it until after he was resurrected. Right. He broke all the man-made rules. He sure. never breaks God's law. No, but no. in doing that, in doing that, I think they couldn't comprehend it until after the mm-hmm. resurrection, then when they truly it. realized that you know what, none of that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Only God matters. And I think that the Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. We don't understand how controversial that was, you know, because now a man and woman who aren't related can sit and talk and nobody will think it. Or a Samaritan. Or, yeah. Or, uh, or, a, or a, a woman who was um, sexually very impure. I mean, there was a list of things. That was so Any one of those taboo. things would have been enough to say no. Yeah. And, and yet there was, there was a laundry list of reasons that Jesus shouldn't have been talking to this woman. And yet. He did. Who who should he not talk to? Yeah. How should we put him in a box? Yeah. <clears throat> the seventh thing they mention here is you get anxious and you worry. Yeah. Again, doesn't God keep all the planets going? Aren't we in orbit because yeah. of him? Yeah. Isn't the sun coming up in the morning because of him? So how can we worry about one of our little things? Yeah. If he can handle the big stuff, he can handle the small stuff. And I think sometimes this is this is my bunny trail now. Okay. I think sometimes we make God too big. Mm. We think he's not concerned with the little. Oh, yeah. We think he's not concerned with little old me. Yeah. He's not concerned with my tiny little problems. God is, that. that is part of this mystery of God is that he can do the big things and the little things and he can do them all at the same time. Unlike us as humans, mm-hmm. when we think we're too small, mm-hmm. because maybe we are too small for other humans. My little problem is nothing to this person over right. here. But, to God, but God, is, is, God is outside of that realm to the point where he is in the finite details to the mitochondria in your cells that are firing right now as energy to keep you alive yeah. to keeping the planet spinning and everything going on. He does everything. And so once we try and, and worry about things, we're putting him outside of our realm. I, that is so good because I think we humans don't even have that ability because sometimes when we have dealt with something that's so difficult, like let's say, you know, we lost a daughter when she was almost 12. Mm. For a while after that, it's hard to sympathize when someone's worried about a kid with a cold, you know, and that's, that's our human frailty. But God, who's experienced everything, 
can still show compassion over those little things that seem little, but they seem huge at the time. When a child has a, a, a fever that spikes and objectively you think, yeah, that sometimes happens and it's probably okay. But you worry because you love that child. God can, God will comfort you. Even God though, understands that. Yeah, he understands that we worry. So much better That's why he addresses it. When Jesus said, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough, you have enough anxieties for today. Yeah. And tomorrow, take care of tomorrow. But isn't that incredible that he can still, he doesn't belittle any of our problems. Like you no. said, they're not too small for Nothing's him. Nothing's too small. Yeah. Another thing they put on this website was that you wait for miracles. Oh. We wait for something big to happen. And we miss the fact that um, it rains. And then that water is evaporated back up into the sky and rains again. And in the meantime, things are growing. Uh -huh. Plants are growing. Babies are being born. All those things are happening because God has control over all these things. Every single one of them is a miracle. Two, two uh, society sayings. I don't know what you say. Uh -huh. We're waiting for our, our ship to come in. You know, oh, yeah. like the big windfall. Yeah. Where you're actually living. But the other thing is, um, so let's say you're, you're you're praying for provision and it hasn't come the way you want. What is that? Um, necessity is the mother of invention. Right. I think, you know, let's, you can pray for God, give me the creativity to how to handle this situation. Because that is how things are invented. Nobody knows how we're going to get this done. And then it helps you yes, figure out Yes, but we also have to, to be it. very careful that we're not just trying to do it for them. Well, that's true too. I'll take over and force this. Yes. No. That's... You know, I was yesterday, I was working on the lawnmower that we have and I pulled off the deck and I was working on it. You're amazing. Nature of that. the beast, uh, where we live. It was full of twine strings that got wrapped up in them. And I try so hard not to, not to hit that run. stuff, but you just can't see it in the grass sometimes. And it causes problems. I got to pull it out. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe I can pull the blades off and sharpen. They're getting a little dull, so. And I could not turn the bolt that comes out of there. And that's just sometimes that's because of the, they just get really hard. And I was using hammers and pipes and all sorts of stuff. And I'm thinking, and finally I got a hold of myself and I said, you know, it's not really necessary to do this. I'm going to round off the nuts. I'm going to do a bunch of things that are going to cause worse problems by trying to force something. Yeah. Why would I force it? Yeah. The time will come when I'll take that deck off. I'll soak it with, with a lubricant that'll break up the rust and it'll come right off yeah. of there. I just didn't want to do it because I had things to do yesterday, but I stopped myself because I realized that I'm trying to force something that yeah. doesn't need to be forced. Yeah. I'm trying to use a sledgehammer yeah. when it should be a laser scalpel. Mm -hmm. And because that's just our human nature. We try and make things happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. There is a balance there, but there's sometimes that God will show us a different way to do things, but sure. sometimes we just have to wait Yep. and he'll come through and he always comes through. It's just our problem is we expect him to do our timetable. Right. And that's not the best timetable. His is. Yeah. I just got a couple more. I want to end up with here a little bit. Okay. Um, we're a people pleaser. Oh. If you're a people pleaser, you're trying to put people, God into people into God's space. Yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to make other people happy with you. Yeah. Don't do that. Then you are, if you're spending your time looking for that, that's going to define you instead of God. Mm -hmm. 
And like we said before, God created you, who you are, what you are. Mm -hmm. And if he wants to change something in you, go to him and let him change it in you, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, if you have a destructive behavior in your life that's damaging your body, whether it's eating or drinking too much or alcohol or, or drugs or whatever, fill in the blank. Um, whether it's uh, inactivity, when you should be getting more exercise to take mm -hmm. better care of your body, all of those things, if that's an issue, take it to God and he will drive you towards the right direction to go with that. Mm -hmm. When we take it to people and say, I, I'm not as good as this or I'm not as good as that or whatever, again, we're, we're downgrading God's creation, but we're also taking it away from God and say, God, make me more comfortable with this. Help me to understand this. Mm -hmm. I need the drive to do something. I need to change. Help me to change. Mm -hmm. And he will. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the other things that where we make God little is we judge other people. Yeah. In the same way that we shouldn't be judging ourselves, why are we judging someone else? Mm -hmm. Why are we making ourselves a God over someone else and saying mm -hmm. this is who they are and putting labels mm -hmm. on them? So many people label themselves today. Today, right now, oh, in yeah, our world, it's horrible label. that the people are labeling. There's positive labels and negative labels. And in each group, one positive label, one label might be positive for one person and negative for another. All these different things where we try and put each other into the little boxes, too, that God never intended for us. Yeah. So in doing so, we're making ourselves God's over someone else because mm -hmm. I can put this person in a box. No, you can't. God loves each and every one of us, whether we accept him or not, whether we're following him or not, God loves you, that person anyway. So we're not meant to judge. No. And the Bible even says, judge, don't judge or you'll be judged yourself. Yeah. God's going to say, okay, what you did was wrong when you were telling someone else they were wrong. Yeah. Not saying that you cannot have discernment and not saying that you should not, uh, try and help someone that is doing something wrong, but it's just one of those things. And then the last thing, because I know we're running hard on time here. Sometimes we make God too small because we say our sins are too big. Oh, no, that's silly. But there's a lot of people out there that don't come to God because they think that I've, I'm, I'm too far gone. Oh, no, God can't redeem gone. me. It's yeah. not, God's not big enough to fix these things, but you know what? God saw your sins before they were sins <coughs> with the omnipotence and the, and the fact that time is different to God. God knew that there was going to be an issue, Yeah. but he's still waiting for you to come back to him so he can deal with it. Mm -hmm. And until we go to God with that sin, we won't be able he to... can't deal with it because we won't, we won't surrender it to him, Yeah. but it's, there's never anything too big. Mm -hmm. Let's think of the thief on the cross. Mm, yeah. You know, a lot of Christians would say that's not possible. Yeah, they'd say, well, he didn't say the sinner's prayer. Or he didn't follow this, and or he wasn't baptized, or he wasn't go through the list of things that's necessary to become a believer. All he simply said was, remember me. Remember me. And he, Jesus, and said, Jesus said, I know me. your heart. That's all I needed to know. Thank you very much. I know your heart. Done deal. So... Well, it's gonna, we're going to wrap this up. We've already gone longer than usual, but well, they'd probably like to listen when we to look well. at, <laughs> well, we hope so. That's why we're doing it. When we look at God, I want you to think about that in your own life. Where are there places where you are making 
God a measurable entity. Mm. Whether he's doing what you're, you want him to do or not. All these other things we've talked about. Where are you taking God and trying to put a box on him? And I personally love the concept of the freedom and the wildness of God, mm. the uncontrollable yeah. God, mm -hmm. because I know that he loves us enough that he's doing things uh, that he wants to do positive in our life. And he wants us to leave, lead a life of, of joy and, and positive um, experiences and, when we fight against him, we bring them the other, the opposite down ourselves. But God in his wild way will do amazing things. If you simply step back and realize, you know, you're bigger than I can understand and your will is perfect and it's beyond my understanding and your timing is perfect and it's beyond my understanding. And your, your goals for me is are perfect and it's beyond my understanding. Mm -hmm. And when we go to that and say, wow, just take over my life. Mm -hmm. Use okay. me the way you were, you wanted to use me when you created me. Mm -hmm. Then we start to understand our relationship with God. And that's the, that's the whole connotation of this concept. Our understanding of God needs to be that we can't possibly understand the depth and the width of God's mm -hmm. love and, and of God's ability. And all I can, all I know is that I don't know. Mm. And, re and surrender to that. Let it go. Always know he's bigger than you think. Yeah. Even Just if you let think it he's go. huge, he's bigger. Just so let it go. Well, thanks for listening. And yeah. we'll be back next week, hopefully. So yeah. that's God what bless. we plan on doing. Bye.